Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, October 1st. It didn't take long for the NFL to make up its mind about the Titans-Steelers game on Sunday, at least sort of. The league announced on Wednesday that the game has been postponed to either Monday or Tuesday evening, saying in a statement that it made the decision to, quote, allow additional time for further daily COVID-19 testing and to ensure the health and safety of players, coaches, and game day personnel. Details of the new game date and time on either Monday or Tuesday will be announced as soon as possible, end quote. It appears that the two best options for the Titans and Steelers will be Monday at 5 p.m. or Tuesday at 6 or 7 p.m., according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. He also reported that Monday is the preference, but that all COVID protocols must be met. Head coach Mike Vrabel did say that some of the players who tested positive were experiencing some symptoms, which is only a few guys that we know of. So that is a little concerning since symptomatic tests do require stricter return-to-play rules. And, you know, it's a deadly virus. Both the Titans and Steelers appear to be preparing for a game on Monday evening. Vrabel said that he's confident that the team will get to practice at some point before the game. And Pittsburgh head coach Mike Tomlin has said that they are conducting business as usual, preparing just like they would for any other game. Paul Kuharski also reported on Wednesday that the CBS television crew set to broadcast the Battle of Unbeatens is preparing for a Monday evening broadcast as well. All of this is good news for a game taking place this weekend, and the Titans, like all of us, having lived in a virtual world the last six months too, hopefully should be able to adapt quickly to one week of virtual meetings and limited practice time. However, as we talked about yesterday, everything is temporary in 2020, and all of this only applies to the team if testing and tracing doesn't reveal a bunch of other positive results. And as of Wednesday afternoon, the COVID list for Tennessee had already grown. Outside linebacker Kamale Correa was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, becoming the fourth player and the ninth member overall of the organization to test positive this week. Once again, the message to sports fans is to be flexible. For he who is flexible shall not be bent out of shape. This situation is clearly fluid. As Kevin Byard pointed out on Wednesday, that more positives are a possibility because the virus can show up three days later. If there is a slow trickle of positive tests and contact tracing that continues to grow, I don't know if the NFL can make a decision on when to play the game. Hell, Mike Vrabel isn't even sure if his team can get back into the facility on Saturday as originally planned. Again, it appears that everyone is doing everything in their power to find a way to play the game this weekend. But let's just all hold our breath and work on some stretching or some yoga because the only plan that I know will work is to allow ourselves to be flexible. Tennessee fans can finally stop tweeting and texting each other free Cade Mays hashtags because it appears that, as the portal turns, has finally come to a reasonable stop. A statement from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey was released Wednesday evening, quote, The Southeastern Conference today approved a number of transfer waiver requests that originated from member institutions seeking exceptions to the long-standing conference bylaw that requires intra-conference transfers to serve a year in residence before being eligible to compete. Let me translate. Offensive lineman Cade Mays is now eligible to play football for Tennessee. Tennessee's offensive line looked the part in their first game against South Carolina, giving Jarek Garantano plenty of time to throw for most of the evening. It looked like a group that had gone from one of the worst in the SEC last year to one of the best potentially this year. The addition of a big-time talent like Cade Mays only makes this group that much more intimidating, whether he plays right guard, right tackle, or maybe even left tackle. 
Mays will make his Big Orange debut in Neyland Stadium this weekend as the Vols will face Missouri as an 11-point favorite. If I am Jeremy Pruitt or offensive coordinator Jim Chaney, I would lean heavily on this big and talented offensive line. Run the football 150 times if you need to. I want to see this group work up a good lather before having to face Georgia's defensive front next weekend in Athens. And oh, that's right, May's former team. One offensive lineman, no matter how talented, doesn't make this team the favorite to win the East or anything crazy like that. But with a schedule that currently features number two, number three, number four, number seven, and number 13, every little bit counts. Additionally, Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops tweeted on Wednesday night, quote, we're excited that Joey Gatewood has received waivers from the NCAA and SEC and will be eligible to play this season. The highly touted Gatewood, a former Auburn Tiger, likely isn't taking Terry Wilson's starting job anytime soon. But the massive athletic quarterback will absolutely be an asset in Eddie Grant's offense in Lexington this season. Really, the fact that this saga took as long as it did to play out is actually pretty dumb. The NCAA had approved both Gatewood at Kentucky and Mays at Tennessee a while ago. And in the middle of a pandemic, there is no reason why the SEC needed to sit on this decision as long as they did. All's well that ends well, I guess, but this really didn't have to be a thing in 2020. Now stop texting me hashtags, please. This one slipped through the COVID cracks over the last few days, but I wanted to make sure we talked about it because I think it's a pretty big story for hockey fans in this town. Predators general manager David Poyle held a press conference on Tuesday and didn't sound very optimistic that longtime forward Craig Smith would be returning to the team. This after reporting from the Athletics' Adam Vingan last weekend that Smith would enter free agency. Vingan, who also hosts a killer Nashville Predators podcast right here on the 440 Sports Network titled The Gold Standard, has also reported that forward Mikael Granlin will enter free agency when it begins on October 9th as well. However, listening to Poyle talk on Tuesday just made it all feel more official. Even though the club and Smith's agent have said that the door for his return to the team isn't fully closed, Personally, I was hoping that somehow Poyle would figure out a way to keep Smith around. He's a veteran goal-scoring presence, and the Predators are a team that's likely going to enter free agency needing to find a veteran goal-scoring presence somehow. And he played on the most efficient line in the entire NHL last year. That's right, the Nick Benino, craig smith Rocco Grimaldi line was the most efficient line in all of hockey. Smith is coming off a contract that paid him $4.25 million per year, and that number would likely have to come down for the Preds to re-sign him. The problem is the free agent market is pretty weak this year with affordable veteran goal scorers, so Smith's value in free agency is probably just too much for Nashville to make it work. What makes the departure even more painful than just losing his on-ice productivity is Smith's status within the club and around the community. The University of Wisconsin product was drafted in the fourth round back in 2009 and has never played a game for another organization. Should he not return to the club next year, Smith will finish his Predators career having played 661 regular season and 52 playoff games in Smashville. Only David Leguan, Shea Weber, and Martin Erat have played more games in a Predators sweater than Craig Smith. His 162 goals are fifth all-time in franchise history, just four behind Shea Weber for second all-time. We wish you the best, Craig. Nashville SC's newest offensive weapon has finally arrived in town, and not a moment too soon. Venezuelan striker Yonder Cadiz acquired his international transfer certificate and P1 visa and landed in Nashville on Tuesday evening. 
The 25-year-old now must enter a mandatory 14-day quarantine period before he can participate in any team practices. With top forwards Dom Baji, Abu Danladi, and Daniel Rios all nursing injuries right now, Cadiz's arrival should be a huge boost for a team chasing down a playoff spot, even if he hasn't played a match since March. Cadiz is the third designated player on the roster, along with Hani Mukhtar and Randall Leal. My name is Braden Gall, and this has been the 440 for Thursday, October 1st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.